yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a hustler, baby. I'm a hustler, yeah. baby. I know heartbreaks, setbacks. Bitch, if I crap out, I'm sure I'ma get back. I've been through the ups and downs, you know I get around. So to me, it's all a part of the game. If I ain't the cold man or the dope man, I'm almost the show man. I gotta take it, no need to say shit. I'm gonna take it. Robberies turn homicide, it's nothing to play with. Hey, what's up? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to the Powercast, and we will be recapping Power uh, Raising Canaan, episode six, and the episode is called Level Up. I'm here with Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing, Richard? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? What's up, indeed? And I'm also here with Miss Dana Abercrombie. How are you, Dana? Hello, everyone. I'm excited to be here. Good, good. Yeah, I'm also excited, man, because guess what? The streets need a body. <laughs> like, that, that that song was so catchy. Like, it's been in my head, like, all week long, ever since I saw the episode. Like, they killed that song, for real. Um, so, yeah, um, that was one of the many things that were that was great about this episode. Um and you know we we do have some small criticisms but mostly the episode was great um in my opinion it's one of those real feel-good episodes um so yeah um let's get right into our takeaways for this week and then we will ask some more questions about you know what happened in the episode and what's gonna happen next a little later so um this week we're gonna start with my takeaways so you know i'll get right into it let me get my notes here Okay, so the first thing I want to point out is that I'm 100% sure that Lulu will give Kanan a hand-me-down, and that hand-me-down will be his jacket, because that jacket that Lulu was wearing in this episode, Kanan wore that in, in the real power, like the, the, the original power. Like, he, he wore that coat, so I'm wondering if that's like some sort of hand-me-down situation where he... You know, before he passes away or something, he gives his his uh, nephew his jacket. Like, cause I, I swear that's the same jacket that Kanan was wearing as an adult. Um, so yeah, that that's just one thing that stood out to me. A little silly, I know, but uh, I couldn't help it, man. And also, um, uh, yeah, so I w- I definitely wanted to highlight this because this goes back to a comment we had a, a few episodes ago. So Kanan basically like said exactly what I was saying previously about, you know, famous rapping, like, and, and, you know, rapping about stuff that he hasn't lived. And, you know, 50 actually gave the voiceover and said exactly what I was saying that most of the rappers are lying. Now, of course, there are rappers who are real and who have been in the streets. Of course, you know, that is the case because we've seen documented incidents that happen of these kind of people, these kind of rappers, but a lot of the rappers, you know, they're, they're fake or, well, they're either fake or they're not really in the streets, but they're surrounded, surrounded by people who are in the streets and that's where their authenticity comes from. So yeah, like it was cool to just see him kind of put that into perspective as well, because, um, you know, that pretty much is what Famous is doing. He's kind of rapping the lifestyle that Kanan is somewhat living, basically. 
Um, and, you know, obviously Lulu and Marvin, you know, this is the lifestyle that they're living, but he's just rapping about it. He's a poet that's kind of like, you know, projecting what happens in his environment pretty much. And, and you know, there's there's nothing that says that's wrong because you can just be, you know, like I'm a writer, we're writers here. And, you know, we, we take what we see and we write about it. And we, we create, you know, material from it. So in a way, it's not really a bad thing. But um, I guess it's only a bad thing when said rapper actually tries to, you know, act like they are that, you know, um, when they try to push that image that they are, you know, gangster or whatever. So... Yeah, it was just kind of cool to like, you know, see, you know, 50, he actually said it in his voice, you know, um, so that was cool to, to see. And then um, also uh, another thing that stood out in this episode was um, I think in in a in one of the first, it might have been the first episode of Raising Canaan when we did our recap, I mentioned that, you know, because Howard is a character in this and we know that Jukebox later on becomes a police officer, you know, a crooked one, you know. So I, I kind of, um, I had a theory back then that I wonder if Howard somehow, um, you know, influences Jukebox to, to later become a police officer. But now I think it's going to be the woman officer that uh, Howard works with because, you know, we saw them kind of have an exchange um, in this episode and, uh, jukebox, she didn't seem overly hostile towards her. I mean, we know that people don't trust the police in these environments. Um, so, you know, she was, she, she wasn't completely open to cooperating with her, but she also wasn't, you know, completely nasty to her. And, uh, the officer also kind of saw that, uh, that, you know, jukebox has this intimate relationship with Nicole, I think. So she kind of, you know, she kind of caught on to that. So I'm wondering if maybe later on, um, she might kind of play a part in, uh, in maybe helping Jukebox in some way when, you know, some situations go wrong for her. Um, and then maybe that becomes an influence to her to later on become a police officer. So, yeah, that was just something that kind of stood out to me in this episode when I saw those two have an exchange. Um, and uh, let's see, let's see. I made a lot of notes here, but, uh, you know, not all of them are takeaways. Some of them we can discuss later. So, um, so yeah, I guess my final takeaway is that, you know, we see that uh, Kanan... He, he gives up the fact that Symphony picked him up from the police precinct when he got locked up. And then, uh, you know, he, he, he tells his mother, you know, that what happened and everything. And then we see later on that Raquel and Symphony get into it. And, uh, you know, Sym uh, Symphony is obviously apologetic and everything. He's saying, you know, he just wanted to help Kanan or whatever. And he wasn't, he wasn't trying to go behind her back. Uh, but Raquel is having none of it and she says, you know, the, the, I told you that, you know, don't, don't get in the way of me and my boy. Like, that was the one thing I told you. So she wasn't, you know, she wasn't happy about the situation at all. So that's kind of caused a rift between her and Symphony now. 
Um, and I'm wondering that with, you know, with the current situation with Howard, I'm wondering if this is going to create an opening for him to kind of appeal to, to Raquel now to have, you know, um, more of a serious conversation with her about their past and then inevitably about, you know, him being sick. And, you know, we, we all know where that could lead if, if they do have that conversation. So that was just, you know, another observation I had. I'm, you know, I'm wondering if, if you know, this is going to open some doors for, for Howard now, now that there's a rift in, in that situation between Raquel and Symphony. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much it for my takeaways. Um, I know Richard, uh, he has some that, you know, he has some stuff that I noticed too, but I want it to come from his mouth because I think he's going to articulate it a lot better than I will. So, you know, um, let's go to you, you next, Richard. So what are your takeaways from this episode of Raising Canaan? Well, first and foremost, let's give a shout out to Mr. D'Angelo Barksdale, um, <laughs> a.k.a. Dean on this show. Obviously, this is a character you do not want to mess with. And uh, I know we spoke about this when we saw it, that uh, Raquel tried to do the side deal with uh, his bodyguard Smurf. And now you see Smurf is no longer here living on this earth. So, um yeah, but but the most interesting thing about that discussion is he said, yeah, that, that's it. You know, he said that Unique is now going to be paying him twenty percent more, and that they have completely shut out shut uh, Raquel out of the business altogether. So now that he no longer is a supplier, I'm very curious to see how they're going to get around this because they still have this whole issue they got to deal with Unique. So. um yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, I, I must admit that I was, I was wondering when, uh, Raquel's bad decision to talk to Smurf was going to turn around. And that was a very quick turnaround time. You saw that. So, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. Um, in terms of other takeaways for this episode, uh, once again, I, I think that, uh, the writers are doing an excellent job. Just it, it seems like very consistently from episode to episode, they constantly remind you of just how powerful and strong Raquel is as a character. Even though she was, you know, does these ruthless decisions, you understand why she does it. But in this whole episode, in that exchange that she had with the building guy, when you know all of that stuff there, that that was a very, um, a very, uh, you know, it's, it's a very I don't know if I want to say a shocking turn to see that, you know, to see that guy doing all that type of stuff. But, you know, again, she handled the situation exactly as you would expect her to. Um, made sure to take 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 care of him. And then Marvin later on took him out completely. So, again, they're showing that she is a character that always goes, goes above and beyond to do what she needs to do for her business, for her family, so on and so forth. And I like that. Because you would think that when they showed her having this altercation with the guy, you maybe make you feel for like a second, maybe there's like a little bit of vulnerability in that. But again, she handled herself very quickly to make sure that she was able to defuse all of that. So I like that they did that. They continue to show you how much of a strong character she is. So I do think that her uh, confrontation, like her whole discussion with Symphony... I knew that was going to happen because I complained about that the last time we did a show. That that was possibly going to be an issue once she did find out the truth. 
And of course she reacted and kicked him to the curb. For now, we know that that won't last for long because we've already seen some of the them advertising for season two and they are clearly together in the image that they saw with those with both of them as well as Kanan. So clearly I think everything will be fine as far as that's concerned, but we'll see what happens. Um one thing I do want to say as as far as uh one of my uh final takeaways for this episode, um it seemed like a lot of this episode was focused on Lulu and I know when we saw the preview for this episode previously, um it, it kind of felt like I was wondering why is Lulu talking to uh, unique because I thought initially he was coming to him about something else that was related to what's going on with them but it was just to keep them away to try and keep them away from the event which unfortunately that did not happen it was still there um, so it, it seemed like this episode focused a lot more on Lulu really emphasized the fact once again he was the one that's putting all this money into the show you know and you saw Crown Camacho really take advantage of that again in this episode, when he had every, literally everybody, hey, I can't pay for this. Go, go, go get the money from him. Which I thought, okay, yeah, this this guy is, is ridiculous. But um, yeah, you, you saw that they had their little, you know, the, the, when you saw Scrappy come into the club because now he's working with Unique's guys, and he walks into the club, and then all of a sudden he gives him a signal to let him know, hey, you need to watch out. And of course, they caught they caught Scrappy later. After that, shortly after that, knowing that he was the one that had helped them out. So I do have something to say about that later. We'll get into that later. But um, overall, I, you know, I like this episode because it was a build up to the actual event. Everything that was happening, it felt like it, it, it needed to happen. It was necessary to happen. You saw a lot of other characters interacting with other characters for the first time. You know, we know we saw Nicole show up and she was interacting with uh, Famous as well as Camacho and some of the other people that were there as well. Um, so, I, but I thought everything, as far as how it was executed, was very well done because it was all about leading up to the big show, and it didn't really disappoint. There were some things that happened afterwards that I'm pretty sure are going to have consequences for what happens in the remaining episodes of the season. But overall, I thought it was uh, an, again another solid episode of Razor Canaan, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. Oh yeah some great takeaways and yeah we, we we will address some of that stuff shortly you know, <laughs> in, in the questions segment but um dana let us know your takeaways from this episode all right so i i love this episode and it went by just so quickly and and you know it's not perfect but it still was very seamless and i loved it uh first takeaway i have to mention was you couldn't tell me that famous wasn't gonna die in this episode when they did that whole club scene and they're just doing that look and you know the camera's following him and you see him rapping about things that he did not do at all so i just like i was just immediately thinking they was going to kill him just because you know and then lulu throwing that punch was so smart i really liked how they executed that um so you had that you had the fact that nicole showed up um she knew where she lived. She showed up. She was like, she went through the neighborhood. She's like, I don't care. I'm gonna go see my woman. So she did. Um, that was a really nice reunion because I didn't, I didn't think that they was gonna come back together again. Um, as you guys mentioned before, because this was something that I missed. She started smoking something that was laced with something. It was a blunt that was possibly laced with uh, crack or meth or 
Angel Dust or PCP or whatever drug else that's out there. Um, so I'm not saying that that's the road that she ends up on. That she ends up um, getting hooked and she ends up being addicted. I hope not. Um, but either way, it would just be really sad because we, we, we know that she doesn't exist in the future, but we don't know exactly what happened. Maybe she lives and she has a perfect, happy, you know, a happy life with someone else. Um, so that was one of the things that stood out as well. I also really liked, it was interesting with Omar Epps, um, with his character Howard, because, you know, he was all glum and depressed and you know, he saw the doctor in, in the middle of the street and she's like, you look terrible. Yeah, I'm dying. I'm supposed to look terrible. And he's thinking about Canaan and that being the son and my brain started ticking and wondering how was he going to get back into not just the good graces of Raquel because he never really fell out but how is he going to convince Raquel to give him the the bone marrow and it, it may not even work so we may just you know we're speculating and assuming that that might happen but we don't really know um so I was really, it, it caused me to just really ask questions and wonder, how was he going to attempt to pull this off? Um, maybe he's just there for the first season and then he drops dead at the end. Maybe he's murdered. Remember, there was like a, a wonderful way how I pictured it. I'm your father. I don't care. Bing, bing. Um, so we don't know yet about him. But I really liked how they're setting that up and they're not forgetting about him. Like there's a lot of characters that they're still bringing back into the fold. We didn't see Nicole, you know, for a couple scenes, and then they put her back in, and everything worked seamless with that. Um, another thing with Raquel, that incident with the superintendent, I really liked how they pulled that off because you knew exactly what he was saying when he was like, oh, just me and you, we can work out something. And I was like, oh, really? Oh man, you just you just just take the money and leave. But no, whatever. But it wasn't particularly that scene with the hammer. It was what happened um, afterwards when she was in the bed. Sorry, they're arresting Ra- Raquel right now. Um, but oh. it it was the scene with her in the bed, and she was just she looked like she was crying. You know, it was a. a an emotional moment for her you know she almost got taken advantage of in that situation she was almost assaulted in that situation so i really liked how they play like this this is a hard woman look at her she's doing this what's considered a man's job in this you know drug world she's a queen pen but she also has this vulnerability where she may face dangers that other people may not face as well not saying that men don't get assaulted but you're just saying you know what i mean not being taken seriously having to use your body for a transaction that and it also made me think about the scene in the grocery store with the woman who was the the wife of the grocery store owner who got her behind beat i think because she's seen her before she's not stupid she knows the domestic abuse that's going on with her but i wonder if this will trigger her to be like you know what um, this happened to me. I'm going to get men, not a vigilante thing, but you know, like he's going to get his just due with her because this kind of set her off. Yes. Can I just make a comment and say that guy needs to get his ass whooped? Cause I was surprised to see how badly he beat up his wife. Like we saw it before. It was worse this time. And she said, Oh yeah, I fell. And then Raquel said, yeah, you fell into, into your husband's fist. That, that was, 
yeah, it's that 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 was brutal to see that. But continue. So it was also that moment that stood out the most. There was another moment. So I lost my train of thought. But there was a, another moment where I'm trying to remember really quickly. I can't remember now. I completely, I completely lost my thought. Is this, is this about Raquel or is it uh, about some other characters? It was about some. Oh yes, Raquel. So going back to when they, the guy, the superintendent was murdered with the uh, nail gun. Yep. Um, I like that scene. I kind of expected more of a torture because she was like, torture him. Let him know he's going to die. <laughs> so I was like expecting body parts and things. You know, the nail gun was kind of quick. And it was yeah, like well, a two-shot yeah. thing. Uh, I think um, I think like uh, Marvin was kind of having a moment in that moment. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He was yelling at it. Yeah, he was kind of venting about, you know, how he's treated. Um, you know, in the family and everything, and how you know he's not taken seriously, and how when he messes up, like he, he you know, they, they, uh, they take like they go too far with you know punching him or whatever. So, so he was kind of like you know treating that guy like his therapist before he killed him, pretty much. Well, it made me wonder how like loyal or how long he'll just keep up with this kind of what he sees as abuse and go off on his own or do something that's vindictive um also another thing with that scene i don't know who the the apartment is going to end up belonging that was raquel's apartment technically right um yeah my thing is they didn't dispose of the body properly you just (laughs) stuffed it in a wall that that that, uh, i was concerned when i saw that i said i don't know if that's a wise decision um because it's going to smell if the body, you know, it's gonna it's, smell it's, it's, and it's, rot, and yeah. So, like, did he do that. it on? He make, did he do it on purpose? I mean, I, I know that my assumption is they could not ditch the body somewhere else because they figure it might somebody might find it. But it's still, I don't understand why you would have it there because at some point you're gonna have to take that body out. Um, yeah, but mm-hmm. maybe like it's a temporary thing. He left it there for now and until they can move it. Because because it's you gotta think like it's probably like not easy to move a body out of an, uh, uh, a a oh, yeah. project building, you know, yeah. without without somebody seeing. So maybe like it's like a temporary situation until they can like you know uh, maybe uh, do whatever they're gonna do to kind of make it easier to get rid of the body. I don't I don't want to get too graphic here, but you know. They they could have at least threw some lime on there. <laughs> lemon like and a, lime. Lemon and lime. Um, but no, they didn't even do that. I was kind of like, what is going on? But that scene, the scene with the morgue was hilarious. Nope, I, I'm mixing something. Sorry. We're going to take that back. Um, but yes, so overall, I felt that the show was really strong, and I, I liked it. Yeah. It, it, like, I'll say this: It was a very entertaining episode. I, I loved, you know, the uh, the event and everything, and how they built up to it and, and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it was a great episode. Um, but we do have a small nitpick, and that leads into you know our, our, our question segment. Um, so I'm just gonna you know begin with with the first question, and um, you know pretty much the first question is gonna be how will the beef between Raquel and Unique escalate? next but you know just to add some seasoning on top of that you know we see what happens at the end of the episode where scrappy you know is kind of thrown in front of uh raquel and kanan's house um and he's beaten and bloody and everything 
but he's not dead. You know, they didn't kill him. Um, and so the critique is that this is starting to feel like they're just playing and not taking it seriously because it's like, you know, um, of course, death is a, is a very wicked and uh, evil thing. But, you know, if it's starting to feel like if they're really if they're really serious about beefing with each other, like Scrappy probably would have been dead, especially because he's being, you know, disloyal. He's trying to be a snake. He's trying to be an inside man. You know, he's trying to double cross unique. Um, so in that situation, I'm pretty sure he would have been shipped back, you know, to Raquel dead, you know, like fully dead. Um, so it's starting to feel like, you know, are they even taking this seriously? And if they're not taking this seriously, should we as a viewer, you know, it's like, it's starting to feel like play, play gangsters a little bit, just a little bit. Cause, you know, other parts of the show are great. Like, and they, they really do depict, you know, the brutality and, and the roughness of the street life. Um, they do depict it very well in other instances, but in this very instance, it's like, you know, why didn't they just kill him? You know, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so the, the, the basis of this question is how do you think the beef will escalate next? But you can also touch on Scrappy and other parts of the show that involve Raquel and Unique also. So, um, I'll go to, uh, you first, uh, Richard. So what do you think about that? <laughs> okay. Well, so here's, so here's the deal. And, and I may have to rewatch this again. But, you know, he did show that, you know, Scrappy did show up on Raquel's doorstep, missing an eye. Um, I, you know, cause they said, uh, uh, that they said an eye for an eye. So obviously they tortured him and they decided that they were going to now leave this as a, as a sign to them that listen, you can't play with us. We know that you sent Scrappy in here to basically try and get intel to see how we operate and it did not work. Now, one thing about when he when 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 the when uh, Unique's other friend found out about Scrappy when they had when you know they left the club and they had the conversation and the guy said hold up hold up I now I know I know now I know that I know that you playing around on us. They did such a quick cut after that scene. I was like, okay, wow, what what's what 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 happened? And then we find out later on in the episode shortly thereafter. Yeah, so that's what happened. He got tortured that same night and they left him. But I think, and again, to go to what you said, Gary, as far as the critique, I would have just killed the guy because the thing about it is this, is that to kill him and then have him show up on the doorstep, I think that would have been much, much would have sent a much stronger message as opposed to just torturing the guy and leaving him there. Because the thing is, is that there can be retaliation at some point. Now, obviously, he doesn't have an eye, so I don't really know how he can retaliate on that level, but the fact that you left him there is still, that's more of, of a retaliation that they can basically come after you later. So I don't understand why you wouldn't just kill him, especially when they killed a couple of Unique's friends. So yeah, I think that the body count, it would have made sense to kill, to kill someone else. But one thing I do notice is that around the same time we, we saw the images on Instagram of the actors that were coming back for season two filming, this actor is also filming season two. So we know for sure that this guy is going to be totally fine unless it's a flashback and he does get killed. But I'm pretty sure he'll be around for season two. But yeah, yeah I, I, I do want to touch on that just quickly before you continue. Like, yeah, 
I, I appreciate that, you know, they have an excellent social media team. 50 Cent himself, <laughs> like he, he sh- 50 Cent should legit be a social media manager. Like he is amazing at social media. But I will say they like they're doing too much with with showing who's in season two at the moment. Like I, I don't need to know everyone who's going to be back in season two because it kind of ruins the suspense a little bit. So, yeah, I agree. Um, so they, they should at least hold some of these pictures for later or something like that or, you know, have a set schedule of when they're going to, you know, show these pictures sort of thing. Just so there's and, some suspense there. But, yeah. And, and, and to what you said, we also did see an image of Joey Badass. So clearly he also is still around season two, yeah. um, which is fine. But I, I just, yeah, I, 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 I don't think they should be spoiling that stuff. Obviously... I think if someone's a diehard power fan and you're following this stuff on social media, then you'll see it. If not, then it's a surprise to you. Uh, but yeah, I, I just kind of feel like to answer your question, Gary, about how do I think this war will escalate? It feels to me like it's just going to be a very slow game of chess and checkers that's going to keep going back and forth. Because if you're not going to kill off some of the key important characters, then it just it, it, it feels like it's going to be waiting for some type of thing. It's going to be a stalling period. And and I guess, you know, the, the, the whole thing is that they're going to tell you is that, well, we're going to wait to see what this other person does before we retaliate. But the thing is, is that I the next episode, I feel like there has to be some type of retaliation because of what happened with Scrappy. Um, obviously, if they were successful and they actually killed Scrappy, and let's say they even killed uh, Lulu in this episode, then you know for, for a fact, oh yeah, Raquel definitely going to get some revenge in the next episode. But again, it just feels like they're just trying to be very slow and methodical as far as who is going to do whatever uh, first. So I kind of feel like it's just going to be that way for the rest of the season because this was episode six. There's only four episodes left in the season. So um, I just think it's going to be a very slow building thing. I do, is it possible that somebody major could get killed by end of the season? Yeah, I think it is possible. I I, I, I think, like Dana said, Howard may only be around this season. Uh, you know, it, it's no telling. That, that could be what happens. But I kind of feel like something major has to happen by the end of the season to justify certain things happening. So we have to wait and see what their whole plan is. But it does feel like it's just going to be a slow process as far as yeah. when important getting taken out. Yeah, because I feel like such a happy and upbeat episode like this should have ended with something huge, like like a death or something like that. That's how it typically, you know, should kind of go. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like you know, um, I think one of the issues is that these are great characters in this show as well. Like you know, Scrappy, mm-hmm. he even he's a good character, and and everyone else. Like these are such a, a, a great cast of characters that. I can imagine, you know, as the creators, it's probably hard to kill off a, a character because they're just so good, you know. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I come across this problem in writing as well, where, you know, sometimes you can enjoy writing particular characters so well that it's hard to actually kill them off. But at some point, you know, there has to be high stakes. There has to, it has to feel like there's, you know, you have to have the Game of Thrones effect where it's like, wow you know anybody can go anytime like so this is serious you know you have to kind of have that feeling of intensity um at, at some point in time 
um, and you know we are getting to the you know the, the the later episodes of the season, so something definitely needs to give at some point. But um, Dana, what's your thoughts on this question of how the beef will escalate? Okay, so here's the thing. Um, I was upset he got tortured more than the superintendent did, uh, but I do feel that no one truly wants to go to war unless you're some kind of psychopath, which would be Kanan um, and and Tommy. But no one truly wants to go to war, and so I don't blame them for having this all-out battle and retaliating the very second. I like the fact that he's not dead. I like the fact that they use Scrappy, you know, they beat him to like one inch of his life, and he has to suffer with the consequences of his actions. I think sometimes living through that experience may be more painful than just killing someone. And it sends a maybe a more powerful message because he's useless now. If you look at it, yeah, it's easy to just kill someone. But the guy who you grew an attachment to, however much of a facade it may have been, is now half dead at your door. You know, and that to me, I feel would hit harder emotionally as he's like, help me in that situation and he may end up dying later on another thing is stop looking at these instagram posts from 50 cent about season two the dude is a professional troll everyone could be dead by season two and he'll still just post up pictures it's, that could it's be not just oh, well, no. it's, 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 it's on, it's on the actual razor cane in instagram also yeah, yeah and who wants that who's, who's Right, and who usually is ahead of that? Fifty Cent. Don't think he doesn't know oh, how he, to market. He's not something. running that. He's not running that account. <laughs> I, but I think that he would have told someone how to run it. I think that they could all be professional trolls, and that's how they throw people off. Yeah. So it, it's, it's even the director, the director of the show, Eve Rivera. We he can all be in cahoots. We can be in cahoots. <laughs> of course, they're in cahoots, but I'm, you know, we're just saying, like, we're just saying, why are all these people posting? You know? Because it makes sense. Because that way, it throws your audience off. You don't know what's you going to happen. Like, it's gonna throw. Me, yeah, I do think it is because it's very easy that I believe that Lulu is gonna die. I believe that you know if we all know Omar. Well, we haven't we haven't we have we haven't seen them uh, on show up on there yet, so that's a possibility. You know what would you know what would be good? Like, okay, Dana, you could be right actually, because what would be would be a masterful troll is if all of these pictures they're showing are from season one. That's what I'm saying. It's from season. (laughs) We don't have proof when it was taken or where it was taken. So, yeah, I'm going to just have to go with not believing in pictures because, again, 50 Cent, all of them are throwing everyone off so that they don't know what's going on. You know how you feel that you f- people have filmed fake scenes. Remember Power <clears throat> when Ghost died and we didn't know what was going on and apparently the scene was leaked, but they responded with, oh, we filmed multiple scenes. And that was a Did- lie. And that was a lie. So just take, don't take everything at face value when it comes to 50 Cent, his crew, stars, power, anything. So, yeah. Um, so in regards to that, I think that this is going to be a, a slow burn. We don't want everything to start happening in season one. We got to leave some people alive for season two. We have to leave some storylines al- uh, alive as well. 
So I'm okay with the slow burn theory. Maybe during the finale, we'll actually get some, you know, one or two deaths. Um, also, I, yeah, I think that was mainly, that was mainly it. Just, you know, just wait. Uh, I want to issue a disclaimer that uh, 50 Cent is the truth and he had the, the biggest rap album of all time. I just want to oh, throw that uh-oh, in there. Well, I don't want, know about just that. Just want to throw that in there. Now that now that's what we call trolling right there. <laughs> no, no, no. no. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I hope I hope Dana's theory is correct. Uh, we'll see what happens. I don't like when they make the post and they say we are now filming uh, season two of Razor Canaan, and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, it, it, it's uh, Scrappy definitely is. Now, now going to be useless, uh, you know, and this means that Raquel, she's going to have to push Kanan in and get him involved because the whole time Scrappy was the right hand man. Well, he was the one of the most loyal people that was helping her out. So you need to definitely someone has to replace him. Why not let it be Kanan? I don't see her being gun ho and doing that. I see oh, yeah, it more of him wanting to step up and yeah. more of him persuading her and going behind her back. I do see that their rift is going to continue. And so he is going to take the place behind his behind her back. Um, so, yeah. But I, I think she is very focused on keeping Kanan out of certain things, which is if you looked with the boyfriend, yeah, they kind of broke up and had that situation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see it be like, here, son, it's your turn. Go forth yeah, yeah, and kill. You know, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yep, that leads right into that. that leads into the next question I was going to ask, but um, real quick, I just want to say that I don't think Scrappy is going to be completely useless because you know remember in the wire when there was that 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 guy <laughs> who sat he sat on the chair and he yelled five o when the police were coming. Scrappy could do that, you know. He just won't. He just won't have as good a view because you know he's only got like one eye to work with. Yeah, so yeah, he, he, he might not see. He also can't. He can't run away though. Now, when Howard <laughs> or Howard's replacement tries to chase after him, so that's the same <laughs> same thing. Oh, you, yeah. you Dana. I was saying, were you talking about bubbles? Uh, no, that wasn't Bubbles who uh, yelled 5-0. Like, there, there was like a little kid who his only job was to sit there and yell 5-0 when the police were coming. But he could also kind of be like Bubbles. Because if you looked at Bubbles, not to go off on a wire tangent, remember Bubbles was kind of always there, but no one ever noticed him really? And that's how he was able to get all of the information and feed it to the cops? And technically he was the only one at the end who had a happy ending? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Bubbles was a great character. Right? I miss uh, Bubbles. I might, I might need to watch that show again. Such a good but, show. But yeah, so, uh, you know, Dana brought up some good points about Kanan, you know, maybe having to step up and, you know, kind of fill Scrappy's role a little bit. Um, and, you know, we saw a scene in this episode where Kanan, you know, he, um, he, you know, he, he saw Marvin and he said, you know, let me show you something, Uncle. And then they went for a drive and he kind of showed him like this new area where they could sell where it wouldn't be stepping on, you know, any other cruise territory. And you would have up, you would have like upper class customers who would be willing to pay double essentially uh, because, you know, I guess they, they haven't got, they, they can't get access to the product because it's outside of, you know, the, 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 the projects and everything. So 
you know, the fact that he showed him that, I wanted to ask you guys, do you think Marvin might actually take him up on this and start, you know, selling in that spot? And then could Kanan perhaps, you know, begin to, you know, fill that role of where he's actually the one selling in that area and, and everything? And he has like his own market, essentially. So uh, what do you think about that, Rich? Well, yeah, he, he pretty much did. At the end of the episode, he told his boys, hey, we're going to be moving the location to the highway. So he pretty much took uh, Kanan's idea. And now, because Kanan, because remember, Kanan is not allowed to be anywhere near Marvin. And Marvin's trying to respect his sister's wishes of not having Kanan involved. So, yeah, he actually already took Kanan's idea. And um, we're going to see where that leads from here on out. So he is going to go behind Raquel's back and have Kanan in on it, too? Oh no! Well, well, I mean, yeah. I, I, eventually, it's probably going to lead to that, yes, because it was they, they were already they've already been doing their thing. But the thing is, is that the idea that Kanan gave him in this episode, they when they had that conversation, he told him, "Yeah, you know, you're like kryptonite. I got to stay away from you." But then at the end of the episode, he was telling his crew, the other guys that we you know Marvin works with, we're going to be moving the operation to the highway where that gas station was at, right near the gas station. So. He's still going to use Kanan's idea. It's just a matter of, is he going to eventually bring Kanan into that? And I would have guessed he is, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, because is not going to let that happen. Because to me, to me, like the whole point of him, you know, having that scene where, you know, where he, he had to dispose of the body inside the wall and he was like, before he killed him, he was kind of venting his frustrations and everything. Like the whole point of that to me was like, I'm tired of, you know, um, getting in trouble with, with Raquel and everything. I want to do, you know, what I want to do. You know, I want to be in control kind of thing. So it's like he might rebel and just say, you know what, Kanan, we're going to do this anyway. Just, you know, do whatever you can to not let Raquel know about it or whatever. So he might still go behind her back. Like he might, I, you know. I think what you just said, and then just we're going to go to Dana right after this. Oh, yeah, of what course. You, what, you ju- what you just said is important because... In this episode, again, she talks to both. She's hard on both him and Lulu because Lulu was trying to do this stuff with the club. And, you know, so it pretty much both brothers have other aspirations of stuff that they want to do. They don't want to be tied directly to always having to follow along with whatever she says. And I do think that that is going to be an issue moving forward later. I mean, at the end of the episode, you know, she was she was she was cool with Lulu and said, "Yeah, go ahead and do your club thing tonight, but tomorrow we you need to come back. We need to get back to work." So yeah, but the whole thing about trying to control what they do and keeping them always involved, I that's definitely going to I think continue to be an issue with both brothers. Continue to be something moving forward. Right. So Dana, uh, what did you have to say about that? No, I just I wonder when when you brought up the fact that. The brother is going to, you know, take over the spot um, and have Kanan help along. Will that cause like the uh, massive? We already know that that's going to cause a rift between him and Raquel. Um, I was wondering if it's going to end up in something that is like a horrible mistake where Kanan's life is really at risk and it ends up with being with Raquel killing Lulu. Like what, what, I just Lulu or, or Marvin. I mean Marvin. Sorry, wrong brother. Um, killing Marvin. Um, because I just see she's so adamant. Don't touch my son. 
you know, she's the only one who seems to be able to teach him. And she's kind of teaching him little things and not everything all at once. Remember, we had the cooking lesson. Basically, it was like the last time that she were, and she sat down and she taught him how to do certain things. So while she doesn't like it, she's introducing him to stuff, but at her pace. And I wonder by having him in that situation, by completely disrespecting her wishes, will that eventually end up with Kanan being in grave danger and she will kind of retaliate against Marvin behind that? Um, but for the question that you did ask, I do see him taking that you know, and that highway situation and making it his. Uh, also, Kanan, remember from the very first episode, he's very analytical and he's very observant. So he's able to pick out and notice certain things that other people may be oblivious to. So I think that in the long run, he may need Kanan's help. What's that? You already had like just a quick mention of the highway. What more can this boy offer when you really allow him to do what he wants to do? So I think he's definitely going to use him. He's an asset. And that'll, you know, we'd have that more of that family dynamic that'll just end up completely ripping apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that would be very interesting if uh, Rack ended up taking out her brother. Um, it, and that could very well happen. I, be, I believe that could happen. Um, oh, yeah. But I don't think it will happen in this season because no. the, the only, yeah, the only reason is because, like, I feel like there's still more of a story um, between Marvin and uh, ju- Jukebox to happen. I think there's going to be a lot of story between those two happening at some point. Um, but yeah, like that, I think that could very well be the case where Rat takes out one of her brothers um, later on. Um, but, but yeah, um, anything else to add before I kind of switch gears and uh, go into another question? Oh, no, I'm curious to hear what the, the next question is. <laughs> okay, so I have I have uh, quite a few more actually, but uh, let's get to this one. So, so uh, you know, with what happened to Building Inspector, I wanted to ask you guys because you know, death death is a, a major thing, and death you know, murdering someone leads to consequences, and you know. You can't just kill like a, a guy like this, you know, a building inspector. You know, you can't just have him go missing and nobody notices. So I was going to ask, do you see this tying into some sort of investigation? Will there be some sort of, you know, murder investigation or missing persons investigation that leads to people snooping into, you know, what Raquel is doing at the projects and everything? All right. Well, so- I don't know how involved it will go as far as an investigation, but the thing is, is that very interestingly, when he had that conversation with Raquel before everything got physical, he said, oh yeah, I asked around about you, and that was how I found out that you're a drug dealer. So any of the people he spoke to that he asked about noticed that he's now disappeared, that definitely could present a problem. I don't know how much they will focus on that in particular. Um... Because the building had to get approved. They had to get all this stuff approved before they could move forward. So I kind of feel like, well, if that person is no longer an issue, does everything just move forward as is? Or are they going to run into any other issues? But the fact that he had that little line where he said, oh, I asked around about you. I know what you do. I kind of think that can come back 
it become a problem. It just depends on if they are going to highlight on highlight that within the actual writing and make it a part of the storyline, which I, I I'm not 100% sure, but they have that option. We just have to see if that's what they actually are going to do. Yeah, because because I mean theoretically, all it would take is like you know, let's say his, his you know he has a, a family somewhere or something, and mm-hmm. he goes missing, and they file a missing persons report. And then you know the authorities contact his place of work, you know, to find out when he was at work last. And the people, the HR department or whatever, they can find out that, you know, they can find out which, which uh, apartment he was supposed to inspect on the day before he went missing or whatever, right? And then that will lead them right to the apartment. So, it that's how you know easily these things can happen in terms of you know, um, investigation and stuff. So. Um, but you know, in TV shows, sometimes these things can happen, and it and it just it passes, and nothing happens. It's never mentioned again. So, you know, that's why I have to ask the question because it could be nothing. It could not be anything. You know, but I just wanted to you know get you guys thoughts on if you think this is going to be a thing. Um, so, Dana, what do you think? Do you think this will come come into play? Yes and no. Um, I could see it being one of those situations where, you know, if I'm telling you uh, that she's a drug dealer and then he goes missing, I'm going to keep my mouth shut because then that means I'm going to go missing. So if anyone, cop or whomever, comes snooping around um, asking me questions, you know, no habla inglés. I don't know what's going on. I'm minding my business. Leave me alone. Um, so in that regard, I don't see it being a big thing. But also, I just the fact that um, you have the cop who is incredibly nosy, um, and you also have Howard who is trying to get an in with Raquel. So I can see, like, hey, I know about the guy, and I went snooping, and he's missing. I wash your hand while you wash my hand. That situation happening, yeah. but I don't yeah. see this being like this big criminal investigation report. Where we pull out the whiteboard and we're clocking and finding out who his manager is. And also you have to remember, um, they don't leave a paper trail. That's the whole purpose. You're not leaving paper trails. So you're not saying, you know, Superintendent Bob had a meeting scheduled with Raquel at 545 in apartment HC. Yeah. That's just something that you don't do. So I don't really. Who doesn't have a paper trail though? Neither Raquel and that superintendent was Raquel doesn't, but the place this guy works somewhere, right? But the superintendent is shady to begin with, and don't think that that situation would uh, the assault on Raquel was like the first time he ever did this. Absolutely not. He. What what about the, the the building manager? We know he can't. The building manager genuinely does not care because he took the money and he's terrified. You know, you you yeah, I I think the building manager would cover for Raquel just because he's taking the money. Like he's he's scared. He's he's like petrified. (laughs) You can't do this. No, he's he's fine. He's taking the money. He he's in a compromised position because he kicked people out of the building to you know to get Raquel in. So. So, yeah. yeah, so like I said, there's no paper trail on anything. So everything's going to be either copacetic or a cute little throwaway for Howard to be like, please, going to have that bone marrow. Please, please. Yeah, I, I think that's a uh, that's a great point you made. That could very well happen if if, uh, yeah. if Howard ends up being the one to look into this. 
and he you know he finds out what what went down that does give him you know a reason to to talk to Raquel um who probably doesn't want to talk to him so you know so yeah that that kind of gives him some leverage in that situation so yeah that's that's a great point um and yeah so I'll just uh get to the next question that involves Howard so um the question is basically going to be you know will Howard approach Raquel about his help in the next episode um because you know we see everything that happened in this I, I believe Raquel doesn't know he's sick yet if yeah, I remember correctly it. yeah so I was going to ask you guys if you think in the next episode specifically he's going to approach her and you know have a heart-to-heart and you know talk to her about what's going on and then maybe raise the question of you know can he get help with, with uh Kanan which we know is gonna you know Raquel is gonna be fully against it but but uh yeah what do you think about that Dana um yes in regards yeah. to him asking Raquel because you saw that kind of small glimmer of hope like what if hypothetically I had a son um so yes and plus also he doesn't have much time so him waiting i don't know three four episodes just seems to not make any sense to me so i can definitely see him approaching raquel um also he knows a lot of things about raquel that she did that was illegal and dirty and he knows her life so i wonder if he could use that as some type of blackmail situation so that I, I do my thing is I just wonder how he's going to try to convince Raquel. Because I don't genuinely feel that she would put her son's life at risk for this guy. And then it's not just that. You're opening opening up a can of worms by saying you're his father. So it has to be something that he can use that's heavy to leverage this whole situation. Indeed. And, and what about you, Rich? You think this could happen in the next episode? I, th- I think it's it's it is likely to happen. Maybe it, you saw in this episode, like there was a little bit of guilt that she felt that she never had Howard be a part of Kanan's life. But she would ask him questions about, "Do you ever think about if you had a father?" And, and it's like Kanan wasn't worried about that because he was never here. So it is what it is. He's talking about. Uh, you know, high post as being the father, because that's who he thinks his father was. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's kind of like, um, you know, uh, from from that perspective, I think it definitely can happen. But I kind of think it's going to be a situation where it's gonna it's gonna have this whole thing about Raquel finally having another conversation with Howard, and I think Howard, after telling her that, then maybe she might at least let Kanan know this is your father but she still wouldn't agree to that to him going through that uh, the bone marrow thing I don't think she would uh, she would ever agree to that um, and you know we'll see what happens because even when Howard asked because there was a scene in this episode where Howard asked the doctor if if I had a son you know and he said he's 15 well yeah that, that age is kind of it, it might be a special circumstance but typically a kid at 15 years old can't really contribute to that but it, it might be something that they could consider but uh yeah I, but I do think yeah to answer your question I think yeah they, they had that question that whole confrontation has to happen I think the next episode and again because Dana mentioned it I believe yeah both of you mentioned Symphony now is 
he's you know he's he, he's on the rocks right now. He's not in good graces with Raquel, so this is an opportunity where she can have that conversation with Howard. Um, but we'll see if that actually happens. Right. Yeah. Great. Great answers. And yeah, I can't. I actually can't wait to see what does happen. You know, in this next episode. Um, and so, you know, the, the final question I have is basically, you know, because, um, you know, we saw a lot of uh, jukebox and famous in this episode as they were, you know, um, getting ready for, for this big performance and everything. Uh, we saw that, you know, um, jukebox actually got some last minute nerves and everything. And Kanan was the one to kind of he, he made it. He made up with her because they fell out last week. Well, in the last episode, they fell out. Um, and he kind of made up with her and kind of, you know, motivated her to, to, you know, get ready for the show and everything, which was a pretty touching scene. I really liked that part. Um, and then, you know, we also saw that Nicole came all the way to the neighborhood to support her, um, this week, you know, after what happened in the last episode with her parents, you know, being very angry with their relationship and everything. Um, and then, you know, we, as we mentioned earlier, you know, Nicole was kind of around a lot of uh, <laughs> different t- types of people in this episode. Uh, and, um, you know, those dudes from Brooklyn approached her. And then, you know, um, Famous' sister kind of, you know, she kind of helped her in that situation. But then Nicole was exposed to, you know, some uh, some drugs, which she probably haven't, hasn't had before. She, You know, she probably hasn't even smoked weed before. So... Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you guys where you see this going next, you know, the relationship between Nicole and uh, Raquel, because we know that they, they can't go to Nicole's house now. So Nicole has to come and, and see Raquel if they're going to hang out, you know. So where do you see this going next after what we saw in this episode? Um, and who wants to go first? Dana? Go ahead, Dana. Okay, so... Remember how they said Kanan was the only was the first person to know that she was gay? Mm-hmm. What if she tells him and she he allows her to use the house when Raquel's not there? So that's how they that's how we find out that he was the one who knows, which meant that there was some kind of trust that was going on. We had that moment with them in the bathroom that was really sweet. With him, you know, kind of talking her throughout the nerves, and she got on the sto- on the on the stage and performed. He was very supportive. Then it was a small moment where, like, Nicole's like, "Yay, I love you!" And and you know, on um while she's watching, um, which of a face, uh, jukebox. And so maybe he can sense something that was there, and he just knows. And so you know, it's kind of like a truce thing between them. He allows her to go use the, the house so they can call and meet and, and do things together. So, yeah, that could could be one of those situations with that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I think that could very well be the case. Um, and, you know, I do think also that there might be one time where they actually go to Raquel's house. And uh, maybe, you know, Marvin comes home and sees mm-hmm. something. I thought that was going to happen in this episode. He was there. Yeah, because the the bus. I was like getting really nervous when they was on the bus together and they was just making out in the bus. I'm like, what's going on? (laughs) 
So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, how about you, Richard? What do, what do you think is going to happen with this relationship? All right, so I, I'm apologize to everybody because I'm going to get a little dark here. Oh. Um, I think that in this episode, when you saw her, you know, when she had that smoke that was obviously laced with maybe you could say crack, cocaine, whatever. I think this is the beginning of a downfall because, and in a very Shakespearean way, it would be very ironic if that is what, what, what the case is because we know that whenever Jukebox, as we've known the character, and as she has said in a few episodes ago, when she needed to get money, for you know, she, she, she resorted to the stealing. She, she had said multiple times, I know what the family is into. I'm not into that stuff. I don't mess with any of that stuff with the selling of the drugs, so on and so forth. So how ironic would it be that her first love ends up getting hooked on this stuff? And I don't know. It's a high possibility that she could OD. And if she does OD, that right there will be a very good explanation as to why Jukebox is such a hardened character on the regular Power Show. Because this is someone she cares about. Uh, for her to lose her to the very same thing that she try, has tried to stay away from, even though her family is in that business, that would be very tragic. But it's something that I de definitely think is possible now that they've introduced this. Because from the very beginning, when Nicole, she was getting close to Nicole, we, we were already speculating and wondering, so why isn't this character a part of her life in the future show? And just because you know something bad has happened. You know something bad has happened, but it's a matter of what? Because we we thought, oh, it could just be that she's just in the crosshairs whenever this war pops off between Unique and Raquel. Maybe she happens to be somewhere they happen to take her out, which is a possibility still. Um, if you take the angle of somebody, however, getting hooked on drugs, that is a very dangerous angle to take, but it's also very tragic. You and I have seen this, Gary, on Snowfall with Melody. And how that character, the character that Franklin always cared about this character and all this other stuff, then to see her get hooked on this and he's still selling it, it's, 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 it's a real messed up type of scenario. But I think that is a high possibility of how they take out that character. I don't want to see that happen because we've seen it a couple times in a couple different shows. But it definitely is the perfect way to describe why she is such a hardened person now. You, yeah, you can have her end up getting shot in a shootout between Unique and Raquel's you know, crew. That can happen also. But I think it's more tragic if it has to do with the drugs because Jukebox has said I, I don't do what my family does. I try to stay far away from that. So it'd be kind of messed up if that's what eventually ends up killing Nicole. I, I want her to die in her arms. Oh, man. Oh. That'd be, that'd be and very sad to see. It'll explain why she's a crooked cop. Well, I mean, what if what if she, you know, um, somehow she gets the wrong batch from, I don't know, someone who, who I don't know, but I just I just think that it, if she dies in her arms, it plays up more dramatic. It's more traumatizing that way. Yeah. <laughs> we know that she ends up becoming a crooked cop. And you know what would be even worse is that if Unique became her supplier. That would make it even worse. Well, because just imagine, because because again, they have they're gonna ha they have all the market control now. They have they're getting pay they're gonna be paying Dean twenty percent more to supply to only them. 
So just imagine how how messed up would it be if he and his boys became her supplier and they were the ones giving her drugs. That'll make it even more twisted. And that's why she ends up becoming a crooked cop. Yeah. 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 That's very uh, I, do, I do. I do really want to see what makes her, you know, go down that direction. Um, I, I think it's going to be multiple things. Like the Nicole thing definitely could be one thing, and then um, I, I think you know that that conversation she had with the the lady uh, cop, you know, detective. I think Matt, that might lead somewhere too, you know. So, mm-hmm. I, but I do want to see what really makes her, you know, go down that pathway to being a crooked cop. I. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I want to see that. I want to see that. I want to see that too. Uh, I just was going to say, um, though, I, I hate to say it. Uh, yeah. The Nicole character is, is probably not going to survive because this is the only character, when you think about it, that truly believes in her, pushes her to do, you know, all the other stuff. Yeah. You can say that Lulu supported her when she got into the show, but Nicole is the only one that understands her and has been, you know, been there for her since this show started for the most part for what we have seen um and she understands her because they have that bond that they also are in a relationship so that's why i say it definitely feels like that is going to contribute to her downfall but like you both said about her making the, the turn to become a crooked cop yeah i believe that y'all had a very good point that the rest of that could be by the influence of those other characters so we have to see how they bring it together yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Some some great theories overall. Can't wait to see you know what the people think also. So uh, make sure you guys are all leaving your comments, uh, liking the video, subscribing, sharing, and everything of that nature. Because um, you know we do want to hear some more takes on on everything that has happened today. Uh, was there anything else that y- you know, either of you wanted to bring up from the episode before we get to you know our shout outs and everything? No, just everything is going to be a downfall from now on because you know you had Nicole. Her last words was essentially, um, "I don't want to be with anyone else but you." Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone kind of had a, a happy ending ish. Even Joey was was kind of happy at that ending with him too, and we all know what happened with Famous. So everyone had their happy times. It's it's gonna go downhill now. Famous sounds like Fat Joe when he raps. <laughs> oh, really quickly, um, I forgot the the guy. Remember the guy who is basically it was Kim Porter's son who was in the episode. What he the Brooklyn dude? The Brooklyn dude who was always there. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he did his son. Um, oh really? I just yeah. Well, his not his biological. His biological father is Albie. How does it go? Albie his biological Albie Shore is his biological father. His yeah. uncle is Christopher Jackson, and Christopher not is it? Nope, nope. Christopher is it? Christopher Jackson. <gasps> I'm terrible. But his father is is, is Christopher. Remember in. New Jack City. Yeah. I know Remember exactly the guy going. who goes, Don't wake me. Yep. Him, <laughs> dream. That is his uncle. Okay. And oh, so really? in that moment he looked just like him with yeah. the over with the with the big sweater. Yeah, I was wow. like, yes. 
I was wondering like, why the character, something about him, stood out. That makes a lot of yeah, sense. The son of Albie Shore, yeah. They really they made him stand out. They paid uh, homage to a lot of these older shows and stuff like the movies. Yeah, that, that's cool. I did not know that. So, see? Mm-hmm. So that was all fact. I was thinking of the whole time. I was just waiting for him to go, Don't work me! Girl, <laughs> <laughs> I'm dreaming! Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, overall for me, I thought the show was very good. It's a slow burn, but like in a good way, where you're not like bored. It's things are happening, but we're not getting that big, you know, Omar shootout right away. So I liked it. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, anything else, Rich? Uh, oh no, I thought it was an excellent episode. Uh, a lot of things happen. A lot of developments happen. And we did see uh, your boy Kanan lost his virginity. So I will not be surprised if they, if we hear at the end of the season finale, hey, Davina, to Kanan, I'm pregnant. And Kanan's going to say, wait a second, that can't be true. We use protection. <laughs> um, we'll see what happens. But uh, a lot of things happen in this episode. It, it makes me very excited to see what's going to happen next week. Obviously, we didn't see the preview. So look forward to seeing the preview when it airs on Sunday. Yeah, and I do want to point out that like when um when Power first came out, there were a lot of people that, that were saying um Sean looks older than fifty cent, like Sean's actor <laughs> looks older than than, than Kanan. So it could very well be the case that, you know, he has him very young. So yep. that, that does make sense because if you look at, you know, Sean and Kanan they do both look young in, in power. So uh, it makes sense that he has them very, very young. So um, mm-hmm. he, yeah, uh, Davina could be Sean's mother and she could be pregnant now. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. And um, I guess the only thing I wanted to highlight was that, you know, another thing that uh, 50 and the power team have been posting on social media is the fact that uh, power force has finished filming officially. Yep. Um, and you know we know that that is is going to air uh, the first quarter of 2021. Uh, sorry, 2022 uh, next year. So, so yeah, you know and, we have we have that to look forward to. And, what was and, you going to say? And they also finished the filming uh, book two. Also, they did a post about that this week, and that will be coming back on November seventh. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so power is going to be on all year soon. So exci- <laughs> exciting times. <laughs> yeah, and then there's also BMF coming. So, uh oh, yeah, yeah, two thumbs up for that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, let's get straight into our shout outs and then you know end off the show. So, Dana, you got any shout outs? Yeah, just shout outs to everyone who has been listening and who has supported us always so thank you so much for that cool and Richard yeah I definitely want to give a shout out to everybody that's been checking out all of the shows uh, and I especially want to give a shout out to everybody that left a comment last week I like seeing people commenting their opinions on the episodes as well please continue doing that because we like the engagements and as you can see I answer some of the stuff that I do see when people say it in there as well. So yeah, please continue doing that because I'm very curious to hear what everyone thinks of the actual shows to see if they agree or disagree with some of the points that we made as well. So thank you for continuing to support us. 
Yeah, indeed. Uh, big shouts to all of the, you know, the supporters, the people who, who enjoy listening to the show, even the people who listen, you know, on Spotify or iTunes or whatever, but mm-hmm. don't necessarily comment because our analytics show that there are a lot of those people out there. Um, so big shouts to all of you. We appreciate, you know, all the support and the, you know, the just your long term listenership. Basically, we, 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 we appreciate it all. Um, and all the comments also that we got in the last episode. I'm looking forward to more, you know, this episode because I really want to hear some more thoughts. Um, so yeah, just shouts to, to everyone. Um, definitely, you know, check out some of the other, the other content we have on the channel also. You know, we have Walking Dead content. We have Dana's interviews. Um, we have some stuff for the gamers as well. You know, we recapped some, some events that happened recently. So there's stuff, there's something for everyone, you know, on the channel. Um, you know, we also, uh, have wrestling content as well, you know, and, and that's kind of blowing up again, you know, CM Punk and everything. So go check out, <laughs> <laughs> go, go check out what we have on the channel. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, and we will be back next week, of course, to cover episode seven of Raising Canaan. Um, and you know, everyone take care of yourselves. Be careful on those milk crates. Uh, everyone is uh, <laughs> <laughs> stepping on this this milk crate challenge thing. You know, I know Dana's been doing that, so be careful, everyone. <laughs> but yeah, we will see you next week. Peace out, everyone. <laughs>